from Piccadilly to Pall Mall and Buckingham Palace to Bethnal Green. Your podcast on the UK's capital city. This is London Babylon. Mind the gap. Stand clear of the doors, please. With news, events and interviews from the world's greatest capital city. With your host, Mark Scarf. Tim and I started talking about famous attractions in London and which ones he particularly enjoyed. I don't think the London Eye was one of them. Basically, yeah. Just to be fair. I mean, it's all right. It's good views, but it's not really that exciting. Mm. Fair enough. (laughs) I'm going to underwhelm you in my... (laughs) I have been... It was like I was in... um, San Francisco, and uh, they, they've got like Fisherman's Wharf, and they've got these sea lions. And somebody said, oh, "Do you like the sea lions?" I said, "Well, these are sea lions, really." And it's like, um, so I can be quite underwhelmed by things. Mm. You'll have to take a trip to Abbey Road and tell me if <laughs> <laughs> it's just a, if, if you enjoyed crossing. it. <laughs> yeah, you can um, draw some graffiti on the uh, on the front gate of the of the recording studio. Yeah, Tim Tim was here. <laughs> Governor. Tim was disappointed. Mm. I need an Abbey Road experience. They put it out. Well, in America, they would have an Abbey Road experience centre, but here, it probably, probably is just a pedestrian crossing. <laughs> they do have a webcam out the front of it, so you can <laughs> y- you could um, you could sign into it any time of the day and see people there. Four four people walking across a suburban crossing. Actually, the worst attraction I've been to, and it, it's not fair to it because uh, but the worst attraction I've been to recently as a European is Paul Revere's house in Boston because basically the, the significance of it is, A, it's an American revolutionary person, and B, it's an old house by American standards. But it's kind of like 17th century house, and it's like, well, London's chocker full of old buildings and things. And like this is like a hunting lodge down the road, which is identical to here, which is free. And I was like paying like six dollars to go into Paul Revere's house, and it's like well, it's just an old house. Is there anything uh, original in there? Like, is the yeah. is his study how it was as he left it? No, it's all been recreated. I mean, it, it's got like uh, various sort of furniture that is contemporary. They've not just put like MDF stuff in there. Uh, but even so, it's deeply underwhelming as a, as a tourist thing. Um, so, yeah, that was probably the most underwhelming tourist attraction I've been to lately outside of London. I, I'm a big, big cricket fan, and there's a town south of Sydney called Barrel, which is where Don Bradman lived. And there's two houses of Don Bradman's that you can that you can go to and have a look and see, oh, Don Bradman lived here. Unfortunately, you can't go inside of them because they're both private residences, but there's plaques out the front saying Don Bradman lived here. Um, yeah. And and each time I go to Barrel, I always <laughs> have a photo in front of the house, which is the only thing that's different from the photo I took previously was I'm wearing something else. So You could just Photoshop yourself in and get, take your old photo, cut cut your old one out and put a new one in and just change your outfit every couple of years. You wouldn't even need to bother going there. Well, I leaned over the back fence and I thought, Oh, you know, sixty years ago, Don Bradman probably played cricket in that backyard, and yeah, it, and it didn't cost me a cent. Well, well, that's it. It's all about imagination with a lot of these attractions. You either have a connection with it or you don't. Well, the London Eye. We're talking about top attractions in London. That's got to be 
close to the top of the list. I'm surprised you told me Madame Two Swords was. Well, which, again, I which I, I'm not which sure. Really, I mean, it's a man. Yeah. It's a man-made thing. I mean, that wouldn't appeal to me. I mean, something that's. I mean, if you go to London, well, you the, want the, you're, the London you're Eye, isn't history. it? The London Eye isn't it? it, it I don't want you to break it to you, but the London Eye is also a man-made thing. Yeah, but it's showing. It's not. But, it's not, <laughs> but I can look at like other a, things from it. Yeah. It has got a great view of uh, of uh, London, though. Personally, I think the view you get from the uh, the Shard is better now. Um, so. I did I did read that about the Shard. What is the Shard? That's that's a new skyscraper, is it? Yeah, um, a bit like the Gherkin. I think it's called the Millennium Tower or something. Um, I don't know what its proper name is, but yeah, the Shard, and uh, that's near that is Western Europe's tallest building. Mm. Um, it's right above London Bridge Station. So, yeah, and it's a massive. It, the top of it doesn't look finished, though, but that's supposedly how it's supposed to look like a broken shard. Um, but it kind of looks like they've just. I was expecting them to finish the top of it, and it's just. <laughs> that's how it's supposed to look like. Um, so, yeah, it is quite an impressive building, though, the shard. So, Tim, I promise you a Cockney quiz. I don't have a Cockney quiz. That has disappeared uh, from the internet and it's in the ether. So we're going to do an even better quiz, the How Well Do You Know London quiz. And there's no questions okay. about Abbey Road, thankfully. So, okay. Are you ready to go? Yes. Strangely enough, I am ready to go. It's not as though you've had quite a few guys that are trying to do this quiz or anything. Hopefully this is the last one. Or if I find a Cockney one, I'll save that up for another time. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> How many times has London hosted the Olympic Games? Choice of four, nine, four, three, or six? Uh, 1908, 1948, and 2012. So I'll go three. Three. That sounds good. I yeah. might have missed one. But, uh. well, that's, <laughs> that's come up green, so that's correct. Yay. Drum roll. I'll insert later. True or false? Only two underground stations have all five vowels in their name. True. Um, true or false? I'll go for true. True. Oh, correct. Well done. Good guess. I have no idea what two those are. It's probably like, uh, like Piccadilly Circus or somewhere like that. That hasn't got an, uh, hasn't got an O in it, I think. Unfortunately. Oh, here, oh sorry. It, it's It's come up. Only Ealing South and Mansion House contain all five vowels. Oh. Yeah, I mean, there's just so many stations. I mean, Mansion House you might have got because it's somewhere in the centre, but it's one you forget about. I mean, it's Mansion House is kind of like, it's about four foot from it to Cannon Street and four foot from it to Temple. Uh, so there's really no point ever going to Mansion House, but it's one of those like commuter stations in London. Uh, and Ealing South is miles out on the other side of London, so I wouldn't have got that, so... Which of these people had their head displayed on a spike on London Bridge? Mm. Oliver Cromwell, Thomas More, William Wallace, William Wallace, or Guy Fawkes? Uh, ooh. Well, in some ways, it could be any of them, but I am going to go with William Wallace. And you're correct. Well, yeah. actually, trick question. They all had their heads popped on spikes and displayed on the bridge. Mm. So I yeah. think you kind of inferred that. Well done. Well, 
well, Oliver Cromwell is an unusual one because clearly when he was alive, it didn't happen. Uh, but after like Charles II came back, um, being not at all vindictive, they basically had his body duck up, dug up and they hung to and quartered him and stuck his head on a pike somewhere. I just didn't know where they did it. Um, hey. Who were the other two? It was like... Uh, Guy Fawkes? Uh, well, Guy Fawkes, obviously, yeah, we tried to blow up Parliament, so you could kind of... But again, I wouldn't. I thought they would have put it in like Tyburn or somewhere rather than London Bridge, but maybe London Bridge was the um, people not head-on-stick area of London. So, True or false, the Union, the Union flag flying from Buckingham Palace means that the Queen is at home. Uh, I think that's true. False. Yeah. The Union flag is flown when the Queen is out doing other Queenish things. If she's home, the Royal Standard will be flying. Yeah. Queenish yeah, well, things. That's probably why I never get invited for my knighthood. Well, you've missed out. these kind of you, royal facts. <laughs> you've missed out this year. Ed Sheeran got yeah. an MBE this year, so you're well in the running. Yeah, my services to podcasting. <laughs> Until what year did Harrod sell cocaine and heroin over the counter? I'm so tempted to say, like, really recently. Uh, I'm sure they did. Um, 1850, 1968, 1916, 1942. I am going to go for 1916 to be slightly controversial. And I've clicked on that. The answer is actually 1916. Harrod used to sell kits described as welcome presents for friends at the front. Containing cocaine, morphine, and syringes. Well, let's face it: if you're in the in the front in the first world war, that's actually not a bad uh, present, is it? No, I know it was actually it was surprising. It was surprisingly late then that a lot of these drugs were banned in the UK. Um, well, I say late. I mean, obviously, 1916 and then it's not that recent, but it's you would have thought that they were all banned properly, like. Um, 18 something or other, but no, I think it was it was sort of after the First World War. London was the first city in the world to reach a population of more than one million. I'm going to go false and um, think it was like, I don't know, Beijing or somewhere. Uh, I'm thinking of somewhere I don't know. in America, like a Chicago or a New York or somewhere. But anyway, we'll put in false. False is correct. London's population reached one million in... 18, actually, it was true. London's population <laughs> reached 1 million in 1811. So you were oh, wrong, okay. and, I, and I read it wrong. So that was true. So we were both wrong. In what year was the last person executed in the Tower of London? In 1905, 1893, 1952, or 1941? Now, I'm going to go, <laughs> I'm going to go for 1893. Uh, I'm going to go for 1941, um, simply thinking it was something to do with treason in the war or something like that, but uh, I don't know. Good answer. I'm going to lock that in, and you are correct. The last person uh, was actually a German spy executed in in 1941. Well done. I think it was like we only finally got rid of the death penalty for treason in this country in 2000 and something. Uh, obviously, we got rid of it for murder in the 60s, but it was always, death penalty has always been around for treason for well into, I think it's Tony Blair got rid of it. 
The so, last person hanged in Australia was in the late 60s. Yeah. And they're still writing books about it. Now, this is one that you must know. How many bars are there in Parliament House, in the Houses of Parliament? Oh. Five, two, eight, or 16. And there's a picture of um, David Cameron holding a pint. I, I suspect he's going to hand it to an advisor once the photo's been taken. I have been to Houses of Parliament a few times for various functions, and I've actually even looked. You can actually book out bars and areas in Houses of Parliament now because they're, they're money-saving things. Um, I'm going to go for eight. It might be more than that, but who knows? There's no, there is, actually, there is actually eight. How many yeah. rooms are in the Houses of Parliament? No idea. A couple of hundred, probably a thousand, I don't know. There's a thousand. There's a thousand rooms, a hundred staircases, eleven courtyards, yeah. and six restaurants, and none of them are open to the public. Yeah. Well, you can book some of you can you can book the bars and things as corporate hospitality now, on particular days. But um, yeah, you, they're not they're not generally accessible. The city of London's population will grow by four thousand people between twenty fifteen and twenty thirty nine. And yes, that figure was correct. Four thousand. Uh, is that true or false? <laughs> it is. It is a true or false. I'm going to say. Well, pretty, I'm going to say true. Well, I'm going to say false, but it's probably some weird trick question or something. It is true. And it doesn't give me an explanation why, so we'll move on. But that is true. So they, they So what was that? what was the actual question again? Read the, it out. The city yeah. of the city of London. Oh, the city of London. Oh, grow okay. by four thousand. So that's probably Is it soon about the square mile, isn't it? That's yes, I would suggest so. So that would be the trick part of the question. Yeah. So London was the largest city in the world until nineteen fifty seven. Which country knocked it off top spot? Japan? Tokyo? Uh, Tokyo is one of the. Uh, what are the other answers? Just Shang- so Shanghai, Delhi, and New York. I'm going to go for Tokyo. And Tokyo is correct. Now I haven't got a running total here, but you, you're going yeah, you're going very well. So I think you're an authentic Londoner so far. But let's see. This is a Shakespeare question now. Oh God! <laughs> the Third Globe Theatre was built using the exact same plans as the original, making it. The only place in London without any fire exits. True or false? I've got to go true. It's got to be false. You're going to go true. I'm going to put in true. False was correct because surely yeah. that you can't build anything without a fire escape and the Grenfell Tower has kind of <laughs> brought that <laughs> well, right it did home. Have, it, did, it did have a fire escape. It was just wasn't big enough. Yeah, um, and it was clad in stuff that burns. What was the official death toll in the Great Fire of London? They like fire questions. 60,000, 6,500, 610, or 6? What was that? Did it say official Official death toll? Official death toll. And you can't Google it. I'm, I'm going to go for 6. 6. And 6 is correct. Although only 6 verified deaths were recorded, many more are believed to have died. Well, that's fair enough. That's fair enough. Yeah, because what they reckon happened was that there were a whole load of, like, what you would call poor people uh, who died, but they were like, well, we don't know who they are, so we're not going to count them. Mm. (laughs) That's fair enough. Now, near Holborn Holborn Viaduct, do you know that well? 
Uh, I know of it. Yeah. There's so. a well. There's a street called Cock Lane. How yeah. how did it get its name? <laughs> now this <laughs> is. <laughs> is there a multiple choice? <laughs> yeah, I won't let you guess. Uh, or yeah. just have a stab in the dark. It was the home of the biggest medieval chicken farm. It was licensed for prostitution. It was named after Gerald Cock, the first director of TV at the BBC. Uh, well, it's not going to be the uh, Gerald Cock one. Uh, <laughs> Does such a man exist? Yeah. I'm going to go for the prostitution one, even though it's probably because usually that's where those sort of names come from. I'm going to go for the chicken farm. Yeah. Oh, and and you were correct. <laughs> well done. Well, there's, there's like there's apparently loads of streets which were basically named after uh, their activities in the prostitution thing, but they've all been like gentrified usually. So well, this amazing looks, they've left one. Well, this looks like quite a nice little lane. It's um, it's uh, lined with industrial strength garbage bins. So. Um, yeah, it probably hasn't moved on much. Who previously lived? Who previously lived at the address number one, London? That's, an, that's an unusual address. Number one, London. Is it the Duke of Richmond, the Duke of Cambridge, the Duke of Wellington, or the Duke of Cornwall? Uh, I say the Duke of Wellington. Oh, I don't know. Very good. Number one London is also known as Aspley House. It stands alone at Hyde oh. Park Corner, now facing a busy roundabout. And quite a nice-looking house it is, too. It could pass for a library. Is that, is that your ideal for a great house that could pass as a library? Well, <laughs> well, back in the day, I mean, it's got four columns out the front. You'd have to, you'd have, to have um, a fair bit to uh, be able to afford them, and they're all dukes, so I imagine that they did. But I think now it would form a pretty nice library, even though it's called Aspley House. So it's probably yeah. it's probably a function centre. Yeah. Now here's a very interesting question. Last question. There are this is true or false? There are no roads in the city of London. True or false? Oh, what well, you mean? Streets that end with the name road. Well, that's what I immediately <laughs> thought. They must all be called lanes or. Viaducts, uh, Cock Lane, or something like that. Yeah, there are no roads in um, the city of London. I'm going to say true, only because of the naming of them. I'm going to go true as well, even though I'm not. I can't think of a road somewhere road in the city of London, but that could be just me being stupid. Guess what? We we were both absolutely wrong. <laughs> there are no streets in the City of London until 1994 when boundaries changed, bringing part ah. of Goswell Road into the city. You can still say there's not a single road in the square mile. So that one was false. So 21 questions. Well. Yeah, they got 10. Uh, oh, well. So uh, but the, the, some of them were a bit more the annoying people. London has a tremendous history of movie making and has some of the great movie studios. And they also have a great tradition of car chases, particularly in modern movies. But the number of films or TV series where they have a car chase and it ends up with London, they're racing towards Tower Bridge and it's coming up. Hmm. <laughs> and that's how the car chase <laughs> finishes. And they either jump, drive the car off the end, or try to jump over the bridge. 
uh, or they end up in some sort of shootout on uh, on Tower Bridge. Uh, that's one of them. And it's always these, like you used to see these car chase routes where actually if you geographically plotted it, it would go like uh, Buckingham Palace, uh, Houses of Parliament, then Canary Wharf or somewhere, then Wimbledon, you know, like the most ridiculous route possible that is like, it's physically impossible. It was just going around all the London sites. Uh, the last bridge movie I saw in London was the last, I think it was Scepter, the last James Bond movie, or possibly the one oh, yeah. before it, where it ended on Westminster Bridge. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, that was actually quite well done. But um, even so, even with that, I'm sure necessarily, he, if you were like plotting car chases by where they actually go and whether it's physically possible to uh, uh, do that route. England and London are famous for their peculiarities in certain things, and one of them is the TV license. Now I have a question for you. Now this isn't this isn't a this isn't a quiz question. This is just a kind of general question. Television licenses. Do you have one? Do you pay for it? Or do you tell Fibs and not tell anyone you've got one but still watch TV? Uh well I've got a TV license. Uh even if I didn't have a TV license I wouldn't tell you about it because then I would be like Sort of admitting a felony on the. Um, no, I've got a television license. Is it a crime? But it is a crime if you don't pay for. Uh, um, I'm not sure. I think you just get a fine. I think you get a fine of like a thousand quid if you. Uh, a thousand quid? Yeah, something on those lines. Is it depending on. Can you have as many TVs in your house as you would like? Yeah, it's, it's by a household. Um, I mean, it is silly in all sorts of ways, but, um, yeah, you need to buy a TV licence. Is that to fund the BBC? Is that the premise yeah, of it? Yeah, that's the idea, yeah. So what, um, if, what if I only have Sky? Uh, it doesn't – if you've got any kind of um, television, you have to – it doesn't matter what you watch, you have to pay a television licence. And they've actually changed it now that if you stream iPlayer stuff on your PC, um, even if you haven't got a TV – which is a bit ridiculous anyway because all the monitors look exactly the same. Uh, you still need a TV licence. It comes up with a little thing on iPlayer saying like, you need a TV licence. Well, they can't um, lock me up because I'm already in a colony. When I ever look at the BBC iPlayer, it, it actually prompts me. It says, do you have a television licence? And Yeah. I, unfortunately, I, I have to say an answer that will probably get me locked up, so I won't answer it. But I am already in a colony, so... I'm as far away from London as you can get. I thought you were going to say I'm already in a prison. <laughs> Coming to you from Sydney's premier prison. <laughs> well, the internet's quite good and um, the food isn't too bad either. Yeah. So, hey-ho. Hey-ho. Um, so yeah, that's... I mean, television licences are one of those aspects that it's just a peculiar British thing. It makes no sense whatsoever, but nobody's been able to think of a better way of uh, doing it. So, well, it's, we'll from just a, leave it. it's from a bygone era, and it must, I mean, people must pay because I've read figures that, uh, yeah, however many millions of dollars it, uh, it rakes in, and the BBC, from what I can see, isn't getting smaller, it's only expanding. So, it must be doing the job. Yeah, but I mean, it is basically uh, kind of a. Uh, Sort of a mini poll tax because it's totally independent on income. Uh, so, what's it worth? Jig- how how much is it? Oh, 
again, I don't know if it's my head, I play it on direct debit. Uh, I think it's something like about, I would like to say, actually. I, it's, I, top of my head, I'm thinking, um, just going to look it up. <laughs> so regardless my of head, if, if you're a pensioner. Yeah. I, I I I had in my mind 150, and I wish I'd said 156. It's actually 147. Wow! A year. So if you're an old pensioner, struggling, and you, and all you got is your television, you, you either pay or you watch it illegally. I think for people over be 70, 70, you don't have to pay it or something like that. Uh, though. One of the things that Theresa May and the Tories were talking about in the election was getting rid of a lot of these kind of um, freebies that pensioners have been getting over the years that have been basically been bribed with to vote Tory or Labour. Um, which is actually a sensible idea, but it was again pretty dumb thing to go after your base in the election. Because <laughs> um, so, uh, there's an awful lot of very wealthy pensioners who travel all around the country in their buses, a free bus pass tickets. They get their £200 a year uh, winter fuels payments and uh, get their free TV licences. And uh, well, there are younger people with no money who are having to pay all this stuff. So you could and, argue it's not quite equal. Well, I did see an old pensioner um, that uh, the, the, the was rewarded in the, in the Queen's Birthday Honours list, Dame... I think she's a dame, Olivia de Havilland, 101 years old. Mm. I thought she died at least 20 years ago. But um, I bet she doesn't pay for a TV licence. No, she, she wouldn't. Or, well, she wouldn't because she's well over 70. Yeah. So there's still hope for you yet. Yeah, exactly. I go in, for as it. In, as in the the MBE, I mean, not the, uh, not, not the age. Well, I'd be happy to live to 101, to be honest. Would you still be <laughs> podcasting? Who knows? It may be like um, basically directly broadcasting into your brain at that point. So, oh, I hope so. <laughs> I hope so. You've been listening to London Babylon. To make sure you don't miss an episode, please don't forget to subscribe. We'll be back next week, and thanks for listening. Bye.